Hey fellow nerds, I'm Megan Smiley and this is the Lawyer's Escape Pod. For those of you who've gotten into practice, looked around and thought, so this is my life? I get it. You're in deep and you feel stuck. You may have no idea what the next step would be, or maybe you have an idea, but think it's unrealistic. I truly believe that there's a path forward for each of us if we're intentional about finding it. And this podcast will be a great source of advice and inspiration for you to make that leap to a more fulfilling career. Heather, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Megan. Thank you. I'm so excited to have this conversation. Me too. This is, I'm, I've been looking forward to it. Yeah. So I ask everyone to start, um, what took you to law school in the first place? Uh... I think that um, smart little girls who ask a lot of questions and talk back and speak up when they think something is wrong are always told that they should go to law school. So I think um, that is so true, and I've never heard anyone put it that way, but I think that is very accurate. <laughs> like all of our lives, we had these really clear, okay, here's what your next step is going to be. Yeah. You know, there was no like take joy in the moment. It was always like, <laughs> yeah. you're yeah, aiming yeah. for this. Right, um, right. So when I finished college, all of a sudden I didn't have clear hoops. And I, you know, in some, you know, when I look back on it, I think it should have been a really exciting time in my life. But I was so overwhelmed and terrified and kind of depressed, right? Yeah. Like I just, I, I just had so little direction. Um, and, and I, you know, I hadn't, I didn't have a coach, right? I didn't, you know, have yeah. anybody helping me to figure out where I wanted to go next. I mean, I'm sure my college had a career center, which maybe if I'd gone in there, some, maybe, but like. I know, I, I think back to that and I think, I'm sure we did, but I don't recall engaging with it at all <laughs> and how did they not make us yeah right I yeah. mean like I think of the stuff they did make us do and I'm like yeah. I can't believe they <laughs> yeah. didn't make us do any thinking about what we wanted to do yeah, yeah right and I also went to a you know I you know I think I came from a culture so much you know sort of a family culture a school culture of the liberal arts yeah um, and so I wasn't really uh career focused I you know yeah like I had friends who wanted to be doctors, right? And they were all very clear, you know, all the time. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. But, you know, everybody else, I feel like we didn't have any idea what we wanted to do. So I just felt completely adrift. Um, yeah. And honestly, I also was bored and yeah. was kind of um, disappointed to be... I got a job working at a PR firm in D.C. And... Um, and I was, you know, the, the youngest, the newest, right, the, the least experienced, the least yeah. able to contribute. And so I was doing stuff that I needed no critical thinking. I needed no higher education. Yeah. I mean, any idiot could have done what I was doing. And that was so frustrating, right? I mean, I don't think, you know, when I said earlier, there was no, you know, enjoy being in the, the moment, right? Yeah. I, I don't think I had realized how, what a gift it had been that my job up until, you know, my early 20s had yeah. been just to learn new stuff. Right, right. Um, so anyway, I was, you know, depressed and, and adrift. Uh, and you know, in hindsight, it feels like it was a big moment, but at the moment that it happened, it didn't. I was talking to a friend of mine and she was signing up to take the LSAT 
And she was like, I'm going to sign you up to do it too. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Um, And so we signed up to do the LSAT and um, it it was maybe two weeks out before the LSAT. And um, I don't know, I, you know, I'd planned to quit my job and uh, just go to India for a while. And, you know, I wasn't, I had no plan. And so I took the LSAT. uh, Oh, (laughs) a week before I took the LSAT, this same friend called me to tell me, um, you know, when you apply to college, the SAT, or at least when we applied to college, the SAT would take your highest scores. So if you took the SAT over and over and over again, um, they would just take your highest verbal and your highest math. Um, And so this friend called me to be like, the LSAT doesn't do that. Um, they average your scores, at which point we were like, well, shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> People take a prep take course for yeah. this thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I went to like Borders on my way home from my job and like got like one of those books that had uh, LSAT, uh, yeah. sort of old LSATs in it. Anyway, took it, didn't even think about it. Um, and then a week before I was supposed to fly to India, um, I got my scores in the mail and was like, huh, I guess I'll go to law school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, like, and it was early enough that, you know, not everything was on online the way it is. So I actually yeah. had to, you know, type out applications. I literally dumped them in the mailbox at Dulles airport. Like when yeah. I was getting on my flight to Calcutta, um, I gave my mother's address as, you know, where to send rejections or acceptances. Yeah. Um, and so that's how I ended up <laughs> yeah. going to law school. <laughs> so super intentional. <laughs> yeah, super intentional. Mm-hmm. I knew exactly yeah. what I was doing. I was really excited. <laughs> no, yeah. not yeah. at all. Yeah. I mean, I was in the ballpark of that. I, I did take a prep course, but it was, I wasn't, I didn't, <laughs> I was yeah. not all that focused on it. So, so then presumably you did get into some law schools and go. <laughs> I did get into some law schools and, and I went. Yeah. Yeah. So what was law school like for you? Was it sort of, were you happy to be that back in that academic environment or were you just like, all right? Um, I actually kind of wish I could do it over again. Um, I think it was super interesting and I was just at a really sort of rough place in my life. Um, I was super disoriented by how much I felt I didn't belong there, um, which had never happened before. Um, you know, I, I went to the university of Virginia for, for my undergrad and it is still, you know, Southern and, and big frat scene. Um, but it's such a big university. My brother went to UVA. Oh, did he? Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, so, well, then you're super familiar with just how (laughs) it can be so traditional and so conservative, especially compared to where, you know, where we were coming from. Um, and, uh, but it's such a big school that, you know, I could find, I could find my people, right. you know, there was an art department. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so when I got to law school um, and I was at, I was at a, you know, in this, it's a very like law and business focused program. Um, m- what connection I did have to it was that occasionally I was blessed with a super gifted professor who yeah. wasn't just gifted in law, but was, you know, a gifted teacher. Yeah. And, 
those classes were magical, you know, and, and law school is super fun, right? I mean, intellectually, it's super fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like the greatest hits of all of American law, right? Yeah, yeah, very true. I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, I think back in the day, it used to be that it was just sort of torturous. But now, most people I talk to enjoyed law school by and large. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't say I enjoyed it socially at all, but like the school itself, like what I was, what I was studying, what I was learning, I really enjoyed. Um, Yeah, yeah. So did you have a sense of like, what kind of law you wanted to get into as you were going through? No, I mean, definitely came out a social justice warrior, um, never had any intention of working for a firm, definitely wanted to find a way to do, to do good with my law degree. Um, And so one of the things that I, you know, one of the first things I sort of, or maybe the only thing beyond that, that I gave any thought to was whether I was more interested in doing uh, impact litigation, um, Mm -hmm. which, you know, as, as an introvert um, was actually sort of appealing to me because then I didn't have to, you know, actually interact with people super much whose lives would be super impacted by what I did. Um, But then when I graduated, uh, you know, getting public service jobs straight out of law school is actually super hard. Um, you know, and when you get there, there's no training. I feel like firms have like a pretty clear sort of path of, of mentorship, whether, you know, whether or not it's, um, successful or a good match for you, at least there is something. I feel like public service sector stuff gets a lot of refugees who've, who've, you know, either not made partner or just burned out on it. Um, yeah. And so they don't have to train those people as much. Um, right, right, right. So and they don't have the capacity to, right? You know, exactly. firms have the capacity to. Exactly. Right. Um, so anyway, uh, you know, what you, what you end up doing when you're looking for a public sector job is kind of that you're looking for the job and the money. And so it's like you have to sort of find them in two places and then find a way that they match up. Right, right. Um, so I, I ended up... Um, at the Legal Aid Society of Hawaii um, in Honolulu. Hmm. Um, so, you know, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the only thought I'd given it was, oh, maybe I'll do impact litigation, right? But like, no, nobody gets a job straight out of law school doing impact litigation. What was I thinking? Um, yeah. So, but anyway, I went out there and I did that and and I loved it. I yeah. loved it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, so how did how did your career develop from there? I mean, I don't know. Doing that in Hawaii doesn't sound like the worst thing no, ever. Definitely not the worst thing ever. Um, you know, the uh, what legal aid in Hawaii, at least at the time, was known for was they were calling it unbundling of services, and so it was um, you know, it was sort of a job at at efficiency um, and sort of trying to be able to. Uh, to be able to help a client with one thing without the court system deciding that you were now that person's representative for all things. Right. Um, right. And it, and it also was super committed to, you know, flattening hierarchy. Um, But that then meant that, you know, here I was thinking that I'd, I went back to where I had been at my public relations firm, which was like, I'm doing, you know, 5% stuff that I find intellectually stimulating and challenging and interesting. And 95% of my stuff is stuff that I could have done when I was, you know, a ninth grader. Right. Um, so I was really frustrated by that. 
Um, I had a boss who was a total micromanager. Um, and uh, he and I had a dispute over a case of mine. Um, and he saw me in the courthouse and decided that he was going to take my hearing um, to make sure that I did it his way. Oh, God. So pissed. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the reason he'd been at the courthouse was that he was supposed to be representing legal aid at this meeting with the judiciary. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he sent me to the meeting. What? <laughs> what? It's very peculiar. <laughs> that doesn't seem like a good plan, right? Like, here's this loud yeah. mouth who I don't expect to actually follow instructions. So I'm going to send her to talk to the judiciary instead of into this, like, yeah. you know, 10 minute hearing. So anyway, I ended up in this meeting and I ended up meeting all these people. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, well, what are you doing here? And then I, t- <laughs> and I told them what I was doing there. Yeah. And so I had this woman who ran the domestic violence agency. Um, and she said, well, when you want somebody who's not going to intervene in your in your cases and because she knew my boss, she said, and who will actually let you go to trial, give me a call and I'll give you a job. So, nice. you know, I went back after lunch and to my desk and gave her a call. Um, yeah. So then I went over and worked there for a while. And that was great. That was the best professional experience of my life. I had an amazing team of you know, young feminists to work with. Um, yeah. I've never, I've never in my life experienced um, professional cooperation like that. Yeah. Um, people, you know, I remember one woman calling from court and being like, hey, we're on a five minute break. This came up. I didn't see that coming. Um, I have no idea what to do. And you could just hear people hearing you know, her voice on the speakerphone and people just dropped what they were doing at their desks and came out into the hall and were like, okay, what does she need? Um, and, and so, you know, all six of us or whatever, just, you know, fed her what she needed over the phone. Um, and it, it just was, you know, and the ability to say, Hey, I, I got caught flat footed and I need help. Right. Like rather than just blindly, you know, sort of blustering through. Or feeling yeah. that there were going to be some sort of, you know, professional yeah. repercussions for it right, or, right. you know, punishment from your boss. Yeah. Um, it was wonderful. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I, I had island fever and I was or sort of the opposite of island fever and was um, I was pretty miserable being that far adrift in the ocean. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. It's 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 cool for a while, but you exactly. are very far from everything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, every time we go back to visit... <laughs> Yeah, you know, I get yeah. off the plane. And I'm like, why did we leave? Yeah, and then you know, by the time we're getting back on the plane, I'm like, okay, this is why we left. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I came here, and it was the start of the financial crisis, and um, nobody was hiring, um, and so eventually, so you were you moved. What 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 year was this? Sort of oh seven oh seven, I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. So um, moved back here or back here. I'd, I'd never what, been. What, what, at that point, were you still thinking and you're referring to California? Yeah, I, I can't. It? So we moved to California. We moved to the Bay Area. Yeah. Um, so were you thinking, OK, I'm going to go and get sort of another public service legal job? Was yep. that your mindset? That was my plan. Yeah. Um, but again, right, like nobody hires people who are who are that. um that, you know, I was what, three years into my law career. Yeah. And uh, 
whatever. So yeah. anyway, I came out of that and felt like, you know, I had, I had a degree from a top 10 law school. I had three years of, you know, super, uh, courtroom experience, yeah. um, and thought yeah. that I would be marketable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was, yeah, <laughs> I was not marketable. Yeah. Um, I, I was sort of stunned by, uh, how, how tight the market, um, yeah. So anyway, I had to get a firm job. Yeah. Um, and so I did, I got a firm job and, uh, it was very nice of them to give me one. I don't know what they were thinking. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I did not fit in there yeah. at all. Um, I found the culture super toxic. Yeah. Um, and we were doing financial services, defense litigation, uh, during the financial crisis. Right. Uh, so, you know, I would be reading my New York Times on the Trans Bay bus, you know, coming across the Bay Bridge and and read about all these banks and how they were, you know, ruining the global economy. Yeah. Uh, and I'd be like, who are these people? How could they do this? And then I was like, oh, I, I work for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know. Yeah. I was on a deal try, uh, like with Bear Stearns as the underwriter mm -hmm. and all of a sudden they're like, we're, we're switching out Bear Stearns. We're switching out Bear Stearns. I was like, why? Why? <laughs> and then like mm -hmm. days later, I was like, oh, oh. that's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, we were doing all of, yeah. I mean, just the, what I was doing, um, I got to a place where I felt like, my choice was to intentionally suck at my job, which yeah. is a totally not nice way to live. Right. Um, or to do my best and, and, you know, make the world a less good place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I felt, I felt like, you know, and I, I don't think that I would have, I don't think a big firm would have been a good fit for me um, in, in any space. Right. Um, but that in particular, at that particular time, yeah. um, it didn't just feel like, oh, this doesn't align with my values. It felt, it felt, um, in conflict. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. powerfully. So, yeah. yeah. So how long were you at the firm for? Ooh, a whopping year. I made it a year. Oh, okay. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was, you know, crying every day before I went to work. Um, my therapist offered to medicate me. <laughs> she yeah. said, um, you know, I think you're really clear on what uh, what is wrong. And I can see that you're taking active steps to fix it. And if you want some meds to help you through. Yeah. And, and I was like, let me think about that. And we can talk about it next week. And, you know, I went home and I was talking to my husband and I was like, um, why am I going to medicate myself to make myself go to work? Like, why don't I just get a different job? Right, right. Um, I don't think you're alone in that category. And this yeah. is what's crazy is that, that that is not abnormal in this industry. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, on that topic, I will say that that, you know, in my life, when I have had these peaks in into that world, um, the peoples are miserable. I mean, even the ones who feel like it's where they belong, right? Even right. the ones who like, I think they think they're happy. 
that's like a kind of messed up thing to say, but like, like I do, I think they think they're happy. Um, but like they're, they're cheating on their partners. Um, they're getting midlife divorces and marrying, you know, their file clerks. Um, they have totally stressed relationships with their children. Um, and a ton of them are doing a ton of drugs. I mean, like the, the level of self-medication I think is pretty, um, yeah, I don't know. Illuminating. Yeah. Revealing. Well, and it seems like it wasn't that you thought that this was going to be a fit. It was that this was sort of what was required of just making ends meet <laughs> at a certain time. So, yeah, it was. So what were yeah, the things that you were doing knowing that like, okay, this is not for me um, to, to sort of plan your exit? Yeah. Yeah, it was sort of like a, well, what on earth yeah. would I do? Um, and were and, you thinking like uh, outside of law at this point? Were you like, because you had had that, you sort of found yeah. something you did like, where you sort of, did you feel that was no longer a road for you? Yeah, I mean, so th- we're now into what, 2000. 2000- eight 2009 right um and the financial crisis was just getting worse and worse um and so uh hiring opportunities were getting fewer and fewer um and honestly my life was getting less flexible right I mean I planned my wedding I got married um and then you know my my husband set up his clinic in San Francisco and so you you know my my geographic range where I could make choices also shrank um, and so, yeah, I mean, I was definitely looking, you know, is, is Bay area legal services, are they hiring is, you know, yeah. like I was looking for stuff. Um, but you know, and the other thing was we bought a house and, you know, talk about shrinking your, yeah. shrinking your options, you know, going back to a job that pays you $35,000 a year was, yeah. was not an option. Um, yeah. once I had a mortgage. So yeah. where did you go? What was the next step? Uh, so from my honeymoon, my husband said, okay, fine, you can quit. (laughs) Like our mortgage had gone through. Um, and he was very much in this place of, um, I, uh, I can't carry us financially, but I can't live with, you know, I can't live watching you miserable. Um, and so before he could change his mind, I was, you know, like in my bikini on a beach in Sri Lanka and I got up and ran down the road um, until I found one of those little sort of road shop, roadside davas that, and I, you know, yeah. found a guy who had a computer <laughs> and I said, can I pay you to use your computer? Um, and so I had this like slow <laughs> dial up um, to send my two weeks notice. You're like I got to get um, that in as soon as possible. But it was like, yeah. exactly, yeah. commitment device. Um And so then I started thinking about what I had liked in my work, you know, and when I was working um, in Hawaii, my work was uh, really focused on kids who are at risk of abuse and neglect. And um, I don't know if it's just what I remember or if it's, you know, little kids freak me out. I don't, I don't know what to do with littles. Um, yeah. But I'd worked with a lot of teenagers and I, I really liked the teenagers and, um, and I kept getting them at this point when they were in absolute yeah. crisis. 
And I had such a tiny role of what I was trying to accomplish for them that I got to spend maybe three hours with them. And I just kept saying to myself, this kid is here because this kid doesn't have a single sane adult in his life. Um, he just needs one yeah. sane adult. Um, and so when I started thinking about like, what, where am I going to go now? Um, and Andrew was very much like, okay, well, what is your, you know, what, when you look back at your job, yeah. what did you like about it? Um, and, and so I started making yeah. lists about what I liked. Uh, and, and I tried to, you know, I tried to get away from things like I really like somebody else picking up my dry cleaning <laughs> right, and I like right. my big paycheck. Um, really the core. Of the I, uh, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, so I started thinking about things like, um, I like feeling, you know, I get one life here and I'm trading a day of my life for this day at work. You know, what, what kind of work could I do that I felt I was trading yeah. it for something it was worth? Um, you know, another, my therapist, she comes up all the time. She's like a goddess. Everyone um, should be in therapy. She, uh, you know, she and I, do, yeah, everyone should be in therapy. And if you don't like therapy, it's because you have the wrong therapist, get a new one. Um, but, you know, she had had me, we'd sort of done some work identifying yeah. core values um, that had been really useful. You know, she was like, you know, you make decisions really pretty quickly, but when you do come up to one that you're like, I don't know what to do, if you have already gotten really clear on what your yep. core values are, uh, then, then, you know, when, when you sort of start winnowing down, um, yep. choices, it, when you get to a hard spot, having that sense of core yep. values can really help. Um, and one of mine is justice. And so I was doing a lot of thinking around, you know, where, yeah. where can I be useful? Yeah. Um, and so yeah. you, I decided to teach yeah. high school. Now that's a, that's a jump. <laughs> that's a jump. And I mean, honestly, like, you know, anybody who grew up with me, right? Like I'm, I'm not nice <laughs> and I'm not patient. Um, that's what it is. Sort of how I I taught middle school, like this was before law school. I taught middle school math. Uh -huh. Oh God. And Bless I you. was Bless like, you. not my calling. This, I, I, I didn't think it was my calling. I didn't think I was going to do it forever, but I was just like, oh wow, this is so not for me. <laughs> yeah. That is hilarious and amazing. Yeah. Middle schoolers are the meanest people on the planet. They really truly are. <laughs> And they were mean to me. And I was like, I was like pretty young and I didn't know what I was doing. And they like, they just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they make no sense. They aren't funny yet. Um, yeah. No, I, I can't handle them. Yeah. So I could see the appeal of, of high school yeah. over. Yes, definitely. For sure. So did you know what you wanted to teach? Um, no. Uh, I just knew that, you know, I'd spent a bunch of years of my life and a bunch of, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on getting a degree that I wasn't using. And, um, I didn't yeah. want, I didn't want another, to go get another degree until like, I was really sure. Yeah. Oh, I, I tell people to be mindful of that all the time. Now I didn't follow that advice myself, but I, <laughs> but that, that's why I'm like, <laughs> I'm telling you from the other yeah. side of it, like that's a very smart thing well, to do. And to, I, not to say never, but just to be sure that that's exactly. where you want to spend your time and effort and money. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that like, um, 
I think that uh, I, I could give myself the advice, right? I could look at it and say, you spent all this time and all this money on this degree that now you're paying off and you aren't using. Uh, so yeah. don't do that again. <laughs> right. Um, right. And, but it is tricky because with teaching, mm-hmm. you know, there are certain things you, there are a lot of things you can get around, mm-hmm. but there are certain types of teaching you can't right. get around. Right. Um, well, California has a massive teaching shortage. Um, and so they have emergency credentialing programs. Um, so anyway, if anybody's listening to this and you're looking for yeah. a job and a way to, you know, get a, a pension unionized job, California needs you. Um, oh, all right. I didn't, I did not realize. Yeah. That. So, uh, and also just sort of the way that the, um, the demographics of teaching fall um, yeah. in the next, they think we're going to have a six figure teacher shortage in the, in the next decade. Um, wow. So anyway, I, you know, I lawyered it. I went and read all the fine print. I read the, I read the legislative intent. (laughs) Um, and I lawyered my way around having to get, uh, a degree. Um, and then I lawyered my way out of, uh, out of even having to do the emergency credentialing program. I found this like one test you could take and, you know, tests are like my only talent in life. Um, and so I, uh, yeah, I lawyered my way around that and I got a job as an English teacher at a title one high school about 20 miles from my house. Um, and And was it hard to get the job without, like, did you have to kind of fight um, them? It felt hard to me at the time, but I think it's just because now that I've been in this field for a decade, uh, it doesn't feel, it, it wasn't unusual. Um, I didn't get yeah. a job until I think three days before school started. Um, and okay. so and in, in the same, the exactly. Wall. But like yeah. they do yeah. this every year. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, every year we start out the year where we know that we have, that we know the number of kids we have is going to require 13 sections of whatever class and we schedule eight yeah. And then all those right. kids show up and we don't know what to do with them. And so we have to go and hire another teacher. Right. So anyway, that's how I got hired. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I just, I love it. Um, I think a lot of people burn out on teaching. Um, honestly, I think it's because a lot of people, it's their first job. Um, and I yeah. think we just burn out on our first jobs for a lot of the reasons that I went to law school, right? Like you're used to being smart. You're used to learning something new every day. Um, and then you get a job where you have to deal with, you know, a boss who's dumber than you are and, um, you know, a whole bureaucracy that makes no sense and doing, you know, dues paying time. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, Right. I mean, but teaching again, having, (laughs) it is a genuinely really hard job and doesn't pay very well. So, you know, it's, I, you know, it's. I'm fascinated to hear that sort of that a decade in feels more sustainable to you. Yeah. Um, so where I, I think part of it is where I teach. Um, so where I teach is the biggest mess I have ever seen in my life. Um, and for the first five years, I really tried to get involved and tried to like help make it less of a mess. Um, and then I just realized that I was angry all the time. Right. And I mean, I literally like on my work computer have a note taped to, to my computer, to myself that says 
if you just do your job, you will have more energy. Um, And so now I just like the perk of it being a mess um, is that nobody's paying any attention to me. So I can do whatever the hell I want, which, you know, on like a macro (laughs) level is a disaster, right? But for me on a micro level is really fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, that's, yeah, because you get to have a lot of sort of bring a lot of I teach whatever the hell I want. Creativity. Yeah. Um, You don't have to like teach specific sort of. Nope. Um, I wrote my own class um, and got it approved through the UC system to count as an official um, like accredited English class for the state of California. So now anybody can teach it, whatever that means. Um, Yeah. But uh, so I wrote a class that's about gender. Um, I did this maybe seven years ago. Um, And so now I, I teach this class that really you know, we do a law unit and I get to sort of teach them about equal protection, you know, the fun part. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, uh, you know, law school, I'll give it this. I learned to research. Yeah. And yeah. I learned to integrate evidence and I learned to uh, identify credible sources. Um, and so I really, I what I teach is, mostly writing and research and I definitely think that it's informed by the like the clarity uh that I you know sort of polished in law school yeah so what are the what's the sort of biggest challenge and the biggest upside of this kind of work um god I mean there's so many challenges right I mean like the biggest challenge is probably that I you know I get paid about a third of what I should. Um, yeah. The and that's a real. I mean, that's a big. That's a big thing to decide that you're going to be invested in this career that's making right. I mean, and God bless my husband your for making more earnings. than I do. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, because I still like to go on vacation. <laughs> um, right. Right. Well, it's it's all balancing. All right. Of that, exactly. Right? Um, yeah. You know, I don't have kids. I think that helps also with sort of the money thing yes. um, and the sanity thing um, and the joy thing. I mean, I get the people who have them find them joyful, but. Um... <laughs> I also don't have kids, so I understand. Right, and you have. Because for me, one of my values, one of my top values is yeah. freedom. So anyway, you know, kids are expensive and I don't have those. That gives me yeah. a lot of freedom. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I inherited enough money to put a down payment on a house. And so I can afford the mortgage. Um, So, and I I recognize that there's a tremendous amount of privilege that comes with that. Um, Right. right. um, And that I am, you know, living it up within my, within that. Um, Yeah. But I I would say like, where, where's the joy in it? Um, I learn something new every day. Um, I, you know, some kids I don't click with and some kids, you know, I I get to be a really profound part of, of their, you know, blossoming and that is super rewarding and honestly not this year this year has been joyless but um on a normal year yeah I crack up every day like I lose it like somebody says something that is so hilarious and off the wall that like I have to stop what I am doing to like recover from laughing yeah Um, yeah and I mean, how many people can say that in their, their work? Like I, yeah. I genuinely achieve joy 
you know, if not every yeah. day, at least every week. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's pretty good. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so um, I think what I'm doing matters. Um, I yeah. take pride. I think I do it well. Um, I can't think of a job that I think is more important than helping, you know, young adults um, come out into the world as, you know, critical thinkers and feminists. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I have joy doing it. That's a lot of pluses. Yes. There's so many more pluses. And you know yeah. what? Every yeah. time I start sulking about something, Andrew will look at me and go, would you rather be doing discovery requests right now? Yeah. And then I go, oh, thank you. Yes. Well, I, I do. I sometimes think I'm happy I became a lawyer because it, it's never, I would never look back and go, oh, maybe my life would have just been easier if I would have just become a lawyer and like made lawyer money and just had things be simple. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know so that's how Definitely. i make myself feel better for having yes. invested all that time and money. yeah <laughs> exactly you know and honestly the other thing that for me especially is that like when people meet teachers um you know, like just sort of the the general american attitude towards teachers is that they're kind of lazy um they're not super smart they really like kids. Um, and so, I don't know. I think that um, if I had lived in that the whole time, um, part of my, like my little, the little piece of me that is ambitious and competitive yeah. um, would have always felt, um, I don't know, neglected in some way. Yeah. And so yeah. the fact that, you know, I did it, like what, you know, what am I supposed to achieve? Like I was supposed to go be a lawyer. Okay. So tag, I did it. And now right. I can go live my life the way I yeah, want to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, I need to wrap up, but I just final question. Like if there's someone sitting in a firm somewhere, like deeply, deeply miserable, what's like one piece of advice that you would give them? You know, my friend Marta from law school, when I was feeling awful and, and in my firm, um, and Marta is a, is a poet, God knows what she was doing in law oh, school. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but she said to me, um, you are never stuck. You always have choices. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know why that was the, the thing that clicked, but I mean, she said that and and I left and I think about it at least once a week. Every time I get frustrated with anything, I say to myself, you chose this, right? Like you, you aren't stuck here. Um, you chose this. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and I find that super helpful. And so I, I think that, you know, you're never stuck. You always have choices is, is a really useful thing to remember. And maybe that makes you satisfied at your law firm. Um, and maybe it makes you you know, want to go be a poet. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah you're not. It's stuck. a good mantra to have. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. All right, Heather, thank you so much. So thank much fun you. to chat with you. And um, yeah, get your perspective. I haven't had a, a teacher on that, so I'm really happy. Oh, well, to I'm sort of... so glad to represent. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this was so fun. Thank you so much. Yeah. It was great to catch up with you. Yeah.